Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I love playing with Kelly. Uh, I mean, last year he was me and him played a lot That's together. Cute. And um, I mean. We, Pretty much work out together all the time, and we kind of know what, what gets each other going. So um, I don't know. Me and Kelly, we, we've been together like since day one, like you said. So it's fun to be out there with him. His shots falling, and now he's getting a couple of dunks. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he can always jump. He just has to do it in the game. Uh, guys who dunk all they want in practice, but if they don't do it in the game, nobody sees it. So. I felt bad for him the first two on dead balls. Oh yeah, 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 because he called my name on the one on the ball, and I knew he was going to dunk that one, they didn't get that one. And I mean, I guess things went his way, and he finally got him. I always love to play the game, and I love to be in the gym, um, you know, win, lose, play well, and don't play well. I mean, you know, that's where, you, you know, I found peace you know, in, in your life and stuff, you know. It's kind of like a sanctuary, so, you know, I love getting in there, you know, whenever I can. Are you going to watch Sports Center to see if you're... <laughs> Dump that counted, made it. <laughs> Probably not, but no, maybe I'll have some hearsay. Celtics actually have a big win for a change. That was pretty nice. They win 109 to 92. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. All right, let's do this. I'm Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. You are Julian Edlow from CLNS Radio. That's not correct. Edelman. I'm going to get this right this time. Not Edelman, but people get us confused all the time. He is a killer punt returner. So let's talk about this game. Rajon Rondo has 15 assists. Kelly Olynyk has 15 points. Those are all the other 15s that happened in this game pretty much. But it was still fun. We had a great time. The Celtics uh, actually had a really good fourth quarter, which was a nice change of pace for them. They are a team that, by their own admission, are a pretty lousy fourth quarter team, despite that the fact that Brad Stevens said in his post-game press conference that they've actually been pretty good in this month, which maybe they're better than they've November, I guess. Better that's that's one way to the describe right it. I still wouldn't call them a good fourth quarter team, but that, that definitely changed tonight. Yeah, uh, playing the Magic helps, but, you know, they, they got the job done out on the floor. They held the Magic, not only held the Magic off in the fourth quarter, but pushed the lead open, which was nice to see them kind of put their foot on the gas late and not let a team hang around for once. Uh, I think they put 31 points on the board in the fourth quarter to 19 for the Magic. So, you know, to win a fourth quarter by 12 points, that's a job well done. And, uh, you know, the, to have the bench in doing it, Phil Pressy played the entire fourth quarter. To have a lineup like that in the game late and, you know, succeed like that was good to see from the Celtics. 
And Brandon Bass was the guy that really put his ass on the gas. That rhymes. Uh, I mean, he, he had a huge fourth quarter, the mm -hmm. way that he was flying to the rim. He actually had some nice post moves. He's finally breaking out some post moves, some up fakes, some patience yeah. in the post that kind of went away for a while, something he showed very early in his tenure here and kind of got away from as he was kind of forced to be a mid-range shooter and a pull-out guy. But now that he's more of an interior presence, we're seeing, I mean, he's he's been the most consistent player on this team pretty much for the last three years. And we're seeing him continuing <laughs> to be effective in the low post. And that was probably the biggest reason why they made that run in the fourth quarter tonight. Yeah, you know, he was obviously brought in to play with that Paul Pierce KG era. And like you said, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, probably a bad thing, Brandon Bass has been one of their more consistent players the last few years. And tonight, you know, he doesn't play many minutes. He played just under 22 minutes tonight. A lot of times he plays less just because Stevens is trying to get some of these younger guys' minutes. Your Sullinger, your Olenek, Zeller. And from time to time, because Brandon Bass is such a good player, when he goes out there in just a few minutes, he's going to have 18 points and shoot 6 for 10 in, you know, just a few minutes and win you a game like this. He's that kind of player. We saw him have that giant game against the 76ers in the playoffs, and he doesn't do that often. Not that this was as impressive, but... He can score the ball. He did tonight, and that was a big reason that the Celtics won the game. I mean, that was literally one time that he ever had. That was well, I was using game. that as that my example. No, that Brandon know, Bass can go off. He's, he's so steady that the podium games are pretty rare for him, which is fine because that's his role. His role mm -hmm. in the NBA will always be steady, effective, big man that can shoot the ball, and he does that pretty sure. well. Now, a guy that hasn't been steady, but in a very erratic spurts, has been extremely effective is Kelly Olynyk. And we've we've Kelly Olynyk is the anti Brandon Bass. I guess that's. I mean, I think when he was created in that laboratory, they put an anti Bassadote. Where all NBA into, players yes, come from. Yes, of course, the laboratory in Saskatchewan, and or I guess uh, it would be in Alberta. No, he's from Toronto's Ottawa, right? I Ottawa? don't know where you're going. With I don't it. know. Sure. I, I, my Canadian geography is a little weak. The point is, Kelly Olynyk. We've talked. We, we've said a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. disparaging but definitely disappointed things about Kelly Olenek on the show in recent weeks. Maybe tonight's a night where we don't say sorry, but we say, good for you. Glad to see that you turned that around. Yeah, he's had a lot of bad games, and for every bad game he has, he kind of has one like tonight where he was a huge part of that second quarter run that kind of helped break the game open, had eight of his 15 points in the second quarter. Um you know, he played well. He's one of the better shooters on the team. That's what we've learned this year. When he's off, he is off, and it's not pretty. <laughs> it's really tonight, <laughs> tonight, he was not off. It was going down. What I saw from Olenek tonight that impressed me was above the rim Kelly Olenek. Mm -hmm. We saw it on a couple plays after the whistle where he just kind of went up and it's just kind of like, whoa, didn't know he could do that. Then he finally had one. He got the and one, and had a monster dunk that I don't think I've seen from Kelly Olynyk. So that tells me more than just him having an off night or a good night that he was being aggressive tonight. And being aggressive is all you can ask for. For We've had those questions with Jeff Green. You know, you can have bad shooting nights, but if you're aggressive, that's a good sign, and Olynyk was tonight. Who would have thought Nikola Vucevic would be Kelly Olynyk's kind of motivator, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the guy that he steps up to is Nikola Vucevic. Solid hey, center, right? But he, yeah. not a lot of guys in the league are going, ooh, Vucevic is in town. It's time that I bring my A game. In the East, he could be a center we see on the All-Star team, but that's a different story. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the story is Olynyk. It's that he's playing 
not I wouldn't say he said he's playing with aggression, but he's playing with confidence. And the biggest mm-hmm. thing that we were harping on him for was that he looked hesitant to take shots. Yep. And he even so I, I turned on the Philly game for a few minutes. I saw him make a few ugly plays. I'm like, oh wow, another bad night for Olenek. This is going to be another train wreck. And I turn it back on a little bit later, and he's he's absolutely on fire. It's funny how. He can yeah. still he can have those nights where he is like looks hesitant at first, but he still can find his rhythm. It, I don't think I don't think I remember seeing him have a game recently where he looked good right in the beginning. I think it kind of takes him a while to get into rhythm. Yeah, he's adjusting to the bench role a little bit too. Oh, sure. I mean, he was sure. a starter to begin the year. He's off coming off the bench now, so maybe that's something he has to adjust to a little bit to kind of get his groove back and find his way into games. But nothing will help build your confidence back like a 30-point game against the 76ers. That will, help. that will help. That will get you going. He carried it over tonight. You know, the Celtics play teams that are under 500 their next four uh, four times out. So maybe Olenek can get something together here, stay rolling. Be nice to see a little bit of Thad Young matchup. Would have been, would have been nice to see. I guess we're not going to get a lot of that. But if, especially if he gets matched up on um, Jesus Christ. If he gets matched up really on anybody on that team, it's gonna work out pretty well for come Friday night against Minnesota. I'm trying to think of one bad matchup for him. It's gonna it's gonna work out pretty well for him if he gets his opportunity against Minnesota. We expect that that'll probably be happening considering the way he's playing right now. Yeah, he'll get his shot, and you know it's another bad team. So those are the type of teams that Kelly Olynyk can and has been playing well against lately. It would be really great to see Olynyk have a good game against you know solid competition and you know it's still in his second year so we'll see him grow into that and he's growing a little bit that's good to see we saw regression earlier this year we want to see growth i mean that's what you that's what you you need to make the leap he's a lottery pick you expect him to be making leaps every single year i think we've seen that pretty not quite to the degree that you would want to out of Jared Solinger, but definitely it's there. Mm-hmm. Solinger's clearly getting better better every year. Last year, he got hammered relentlessly for taking threes. It was actually starting off pretty poorly at the beginning of this year, but now he's hitting threes pretty reliably. And tonight, yeah. he went two for three from deep. And his three-point shot, especially late in the game, is becoming a big weapon for this team. Yeah, I know a lot of guys that are not fans of Solinger taking the three, and my response to them is, look at the numbers. He makes them, and... To the argument that it affects his rebounding, pulling one of your better rebounders away from the basket. He didn't have a great rebounding night tonight, I'll give him that, but in general, Jared Sollinger has been rebounding the ball, so fire away. All right, well, we'll fire away in part two. It'll be Rondo time. We got to talk about what's going on with Rajon Rondo. to talk about. I'll, there's a lot to talk about. We'll Beating be the Magic, great. Rondo trade rumors, bigger deal. All right, well, we'll see <laughs> if he's in Dallas by the time we get to part two, so... We'll be right back. Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Our communication was better. Uh, pick and roll coach wasn't the best, but uh, we were able to still go down and score when they scored as well. Not pick and roll, so uh, I didn't hurt us too much tonight. But his work ethic was pretty simple. The guy works. Uh, he's never settling. Even when he might play 20, 25 minutes tonight, he's still going to the gym at night. So uh, it shows a lot about his character and his dedication to the game. Yeah, we knew we, he was feeling pretty good. He had a couple of you know, plays that blew the whistle. He finished it with dunks. And, and we were joking with him a little bit. And, you know, he was tired of being the other guy on the other side under the rim. So he returned the favor tonight, and you know, we're happy to see him. All right, very quickly before we start part two here, make sure you listen to this week's episode of Celtics Beat. I'm going to be hosting this weekend on Sunday, but right now we have up the Sean Grandy interview. It's a fantastic interview. And Sean Grandy is. Of course it's a fantastic interview. What are you talking about, Julian? Shut up. So listen to that show. Download us on 
uh, the podcast on iTunes, download the CLNS Radio podcast on iTunes, like the Garden Report on Facebook. Do you have anything you want to say? Do those things. Easy. Uh, yeah, it's a way of life uh, since I've been here. Just part of it. Has Danny or anyone else spoken to you since this latest batch has come up? Or? No. How many times do you want me to say it? Oh, say it again. Yeah, one more time. <laughs> we discussed it on media day. My my uh, you know, my thoughts and my opinions as far as the organization hasn't changed. All right, we're back for part two now. Let's talk the big trade rumors. So as of this recording, which is eleven thirty-five p.m. on Wednesday night, Rajon Rondo is potentially involved in a deal that could send him to Dallas for potentially Brandon Wright and potentially some first-round picks. Now that sounds awful. I mean that's that sounds not absolutely good. awful. Even even if Rondo has had a pretty rough last three years, that still sounds like pretty terrible value for him. I mean, the report that we just read said the parts that would definitely be involved coming back from Dallas would be Brandon Wright, nice player, and it's another Brandon Bass though, really. At least right, mm-hmm. and at least one first round pick. So. If this deal turned out to be Brandon Wright, you know, an expiring veteran contract to get off the books and one 2015 first-round pick, that's not a very good deal, like we just talked about. the 29th pick in the draft there. That's going to be a damn good deal. Yeah, like we just talked about. The Mavericks would end up with Rondo, Monte Ellis, Chandler Parsons, Derek Nowitzki, and Tyson Chandler as a starting five. That's it? Just Rondo with Dirk and Tyson? That's it? That's not going to be a good pick coming back to you. That's giving Rondo away for not a very good haul. Which makes me think it's probably not going to happen. That we don't know what... I mean, I would think Ainge is smarter than that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's two picks and it's a 2015 and a 2017, you would think the Mavericks would still be... Even if they weren't a title contender by then and, you know, Dirk's on his way out or Chandler's on his way out, you would still think that that pick would not be a very high one. It's still, you know, a mid-teens, late-teens or something. They wouldn't be good picks. You need to get either a, a good pick or a good prospect back in a Rondo deal. So another team needs to get involved, basically, to make this worthwhile for the Celtics. That's what I would think. I don't see Rondo getting traded in a, in a two-team trade. It's probably going to have to be a three-team trade because there's no team that needs Rondo right now that has something that's really worth offering to the Celtics. Unless, like, Indiana's getting involved and Roy Hibbert's up for grabs and a first-round pick is up for grabs, then maybe we're talking. Yeah, right, Roy Hibbert's another, it's another really good player that's had a pretty down year or so right mm-hmm. now. So that, that would make a little bit more sense. But for the Celtics, if they're going to move Rondo, then that means that – really? Photo Come bombed. on, guys. Photo bombs. Unbelievable. Or video bombs. That means that we – Oh, sorry, we the Celtics can't be a fanboy right now. <laughs> I'm getting the, okay. I've trashed Rondo enough, enough. I love Rondo. Always will. Grew up one of my favorite. When I was growing up, one of my favorite players in the league. One of my favorite players ever. Will always love making Rondo. Rondo old. Oh, I always love Rondo. But so yeah, it would be tough even as a reporter for me to see Rondo go. Now, if they're gonna get fair value for Rondo, they're gonna have to work a three-team deal where the team that Rondo's going to is sending out a play a different type of player to a team that could use that kind of player. Because it's just, there's just nothing out there that is really worth, that's really, and it, unless Rondo is telling the Celtics behind closed doors a different story than what he's saying publicly, which is totally believable. I mean, it's, not, and it's not like a, a bad thing on Rondo. It's just like, yeah, I mean, if, 
if, if I'm someone that wants to leave somewhere, I'm not going to be publicly declaring that I want to leave. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to say I want to be here. So Rondo could be lying about wanting to be here and still be completely justified in doing so. I certainly don't think he is, though. I think he has a pretty good situation for himself in Boston. If he's going to leave, it's because a team that can really win a title during his prime, because don't forget, he's, he's a little bit older now. He's, not, mm-hmm. he isn't, he's, in his, he's entering his prime right now, so he's got to go win somewhere really soon. So if he gets a better opportunity to do that somewhere else with the same price, then he should be doing it. Yeah. You know, I echo what you just said. You know, a, a three-team trade probably makes sense. But, again, just like finding a two-team trade, it's tough to find those partners to make that work where everybody's happy in the end and uh, you know especially the celtics who are going to need to you know bring in some serious assets like we just talked about multiple first round picks that have the potential to land in the lottery or you know good prospects that Ainge can see growing into stars in boston if they're going to get that and another team is going to get rondo what's that third team going to get to make it worthwhile it's tough to find a player like that you have it all (laughs) i mean it's Good ideas. Ideas are fun, but really finding that is so hard, as we know. Sure. So, I mean. That's why there's staff, uh, staffs and staffs and staffs around the league that are probably sitting here yeah, right now without I mean, a camera in their face yelling at each other over this. For sure. I mean, if, if Ronda was to be dealt, you know, to a team, no third party involved, we were just talking about, you know, the Kings are a team that are, you know, more suited to do so with guys like Ben McLemore and Nick Stauskas that we like. Those are two players that are, you know, promising young prospects. They're already in the league. You don't have to wait and see where a lottery pick falls or if a pick lands in the lottery. If you like guys like that, then go get those guys and make something work there. If Ainge doesn't like those guys, then, you know, don't force a deal. Don't make something happen just to make it happen. You know what I took away from that spiel there? Ideas What'd are you fun. Take away? Ideas are fun. That's, I mean, that's when I was saying that, you know, you can find three-team deals. I, I like your ideas. Ideas are a lot of fun. Those are what fans like to talk about. Those are what reporters like to talk about. You know, come up with creative ideas. If you were Danny Ainge, what would you do? That's what, that's what people like to talk about. That's what people like to do in their head. So, you know, we're going to make some stuff up and talk about it and see how it goes, and then it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, then we'll, we'll wait to see what Bill Simmons does crashing the ESPN trade machine, I assume, overnight. I'm very sitting there right now just clicking and clicking and clicking away on the trade machine, and that's what we're all doing. Uh, this, this point, I've right? done that, and it's hard to sure. find things that you like with Rondo. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not an ideal fit. But what's good, though, is he's only making around $11 million right now, so he's a little bit easier 12, to move yeah, he's 12. than a, like a max guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That does, you know... When you look through the trade machine, you always come across some contracts like Joe Johnson is making $23 million <laughs> this year and it's not the last year of his contract. That's very hard to trade. It's a very sad reality in this in this world we live in. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's get back to business. Let's box and ball before we get out of box here. Box and ball. So give me your boxing out stat of the night. A boxing out stat of the night is, it was not quite 82 bench points that we saw in Washington, but... Mm. 50 points for the bench tonight from only four players on kind of a shorthanded bench with no, neither of the Marcuses. James Young was out, and, you know, Gerald Wallace didn't even score off the bench. So Kelly Olynyk had his 15, Brandon Bass had his 18, uh, let's see, Evan Turner had eight, eight and points. Phil Pressey had nine. So, you know, I thought they played really well. They did a great job and scored a lot of points in the third and fourth quarter. 
It was, and that's pretty much where my sad is too. I'm just going to copy your sad if that's Go okay. No, but for me, it was the, both the balance of scoring and the balance of shooting. So they had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that had at least eight points. One uh-huh. guy at eight, and Turner, one guy at nine. So you had six guys, double figures. Of all the guys that took shots in this game, you had Bradley was the only one that shot less than 40%, and then him and Green were the only ones that shot less than 50%. So everybody was really efficient shooting the ball tonight. Yeah. A lot of that is because they, they were able to spread it around and get the good, the open guy looks. So that really manifests itself in the box score and that less shot attempts around kind of overall for everybody. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green's only taking 14 tonight, Solinger 13. So no one's taking 20 shots tonight. Yeah. Spread it out pretty well and they're more efficient shots. This is how you want to see the Celtics running their offense, getting into transition, hitting threes. Those are, those are the keys for them. Yeah. They got it tonight. Part of that is because they're going against the Magic, but part of that is that they just executed really well they did. They did play well. Yeah, and they got it executed really well in the fourth quarter. Brandon Bass, talked about him before, Mr. Reliable. Your baller. He was just fantastic in the fourth quarter. I love the way that he brought it. love the way that he ran with and without the ball. He just he was a guy that really kind of played exactly how you want to see Brandon Bass play. That was just a perfect mm-hmm. Brandon Bass performance. My baller, I'm going to go, you know, Rondo had a good night. Bass had a good night. Olenek had a good night. I'm going to go off the grid a little bit. I'm a big Phil Pressey fan, so Phil Pressey came in. He never kind of knows when he's going to play. Had seven minutes going into the fourth quarter, finished with 19 because he played the entire fourth quarter. Played a lot of those minutes alongside Rondo in a kind of dual point guard set. Finished with his nine points. Uh, Let's see, he had four assists, two rebounds to go with it. Shot four of eight from the field. And, you know, I just like what I saw from him when he's out there. I think Phil Pressey is, you know, a very good backup point guard, capable of giving you big minutes when you need it on nights that he's on. So what we saw from Phil Pressey tonight is something kind of encouraging, I think. And I, when I was on the CLNS radio postgame show, I was talking about how Phil Pressey has been, he's bullied as a defender by bigger guys, but mm-hmm. I think his defense has actually been pretty impressive almost his entire NBA career, really, he's considering so, the situation that he's in with yeah. the size and the, where he sometimes is guarding twos or ones. It kind of mixes mm-hmm. up a little bit, but his hands are super fast, super aggressive. He keeps up with anybody no matter what. You have, he full court presses really well. You have some guys that are fast, some guys that are quick. Phil Pressey is fast and he's quick. And, you know, he's flick. He, he's flick. I like that. And, you know, he's, he's annoying to, as an to, as opposing point guard to be Cannot going against. Oh. So we talk about Bradley. We talk about Marcus Smart. Phil Pressey can lock down as well. So should we say Phil Pressey's the best defender on the Celtics then? We're not saying that. No, okay. But we're saying Phil Pressey's a I good thought we were going there. I thought that's what you were leading to. I'm not going to be that bold. Phil Pressey, greatest player since Will Chamberlain, let's say. <laughs> fun greatest stat. center since well, Will Chamberlain. Fun stat, actually, Dwight Powell has, like a, I think it's a, thir- I want to say he's a 33.4 PER right now. So he's, okay. or maybe he's so 34. He's, like the best player he's in the basically league. Will Chamberlain right now. <laughs> so Dwight Powell, congratulations. You're the greatest player in NBA history. And this was the greatest show in NBA history, I would say. That's where we're going to end it. So that wasn't self-aggrandizing whatsoever. So for Julian Edlo, I am Jared Weiss. We will see you after Friday's game against Minnesota. I promise one of our commenters I'll make it rain papers. So we out. (laughs) Oh. Seems like you're enjoying yourself with these new guys. I mean, I'm enjoying life. Can't win them all, um, but these guys are funny and... I'm young and I'm doing what I love to do. It's a dream you know, come true. I can't, I can't be upset about anything. Does this young group 
bring the best out of you in terms of um, getting you? I just want to be a better person each year, and be a better teammate each year, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job so far. Just you know, trying to lead these young guys. You know, I'm not that old, but you know, they make me feel like. It.